This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. Welcome to episode 243, where we will talk to Mark Chestnut. We'll also talk to Dan Rogers, who runs the Grand Ole Opry. Got new music coming up in a second. But it'll be good to talk to Chestnut. I guess we already did it. I got to ask him if his name was The Nut. The Nut. <laughs> uh, also, let me say this before we get into uh, Dan with the Grand Ole Opry. That, you know, I, I work with the Opry now. I love the Opry. And just, I'm so proud that not only have I been performing there now for, I guess, three or four years. Uh, that was a humongous deal. But, you know, in the past year or so, I've, I've been allowed to come in and, and work and, and help produce uh, the show that's happening now. But, you know... It's just crazy to go into that place. And you can watch every Saturday night. The Grand Ole Opry continues. And there's nobody in the building. I got a camera guy that's like 12 feet away, a producer that's in my ear. I stand in the middle of the floor. There's not a single person in the seat. There's the artists, and that's pretty much it. But it keeps running. They did such a good job of getting that thing going and, and making something pop when, when it was hard to make anything pop at all. Um, so every Saturday night, you can watch it on the Opry or the Circle Network's uh, Facebook page. And it's all the bells and whistles. It's not like somebody just grabbing their acoustic guitar and playing into an Instagram, you know, their phone. It is the real deal. And we've had some great shows. Garth and Trisha was amazing. Craig Morgan and Luke Combs. I mean, I love Ricky Skaggs, obviously. Uh, Lauren, I, I don't want to not say someone, but it's been such a cool project for me to be involved in on, on all levels. So... Uh, just we'll talk about the Grand Ole Opry too and how pe- people get to be members of the Grand Ole Opry. So that's coming up with Dan in just a second. So, but just uh, I'm very proud to be a part of the Grand Ole Opry and Circle Network and grateful to Dan and Scott and Drew and everybody who, who allows me to be that over there. So um, why don't we do new music first? All right. And then we'll hop into Dan and then Mark Chestnut. Cool. Feel good about that? Mm-hmm. All right. New music out today. The first song we'll mention is Tim McGraw. He's got a new song called I Called Mama. And I sung it before the blue sky And a couple live old trees I thought of home 
grab my phone from my pocket And I call mama Tim McGraw's got that way to make those th- those real precious songs that they just that the diamond rings and bar stools and mama and and heart what, what's one Lauren McKenna wrote uh, humble and kind humble and kind there's just something about like soft McGraw mm-hmm. that I like he can pull those off uh, Daniel Bradbury shared a new song called never have I ever When I saw her Instagram that said Never Have I Ever, I thought she was starting a new Instagram show called Never Have I Ever when oh, she like plays that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's an interesting game. But no, it's a song. And Jordan Davis has Almost Maybes. I saw where he's uh, putting out an EP real soon. Mm-hmm. That's not today, right? No, just a song. Okay. I just swipe, swipe Instagram so fast and only catch partial stories of things. And I don't even swipe, I don't even like stop long enough to like most things. That is, I'm trying to take in so much. And I thought I saw that he said he's putting out, because I follow Jordan, said he's putting out an a EP. And I think he said he's, it's the proudest he's ever been to put something out or it's the most personal. Which you think you have to say that about everything, right? Because mm-hmm. if I was going to put out something and I wasn't proud of it, eh, it's okay. I am. <laughs> You know, it's it's pretty mediocre. It's about, a little slightly about mediocre. I could have done better. Yeah, you know? but I mean, we're gonna put that out. But he didn't say that. He said he's the proudest he's ever been, yeah. and I salute him for that. Here is Valley Road from Riley Green. This is a EP of songs. They're all acoustic. And here's the acoustic version of "There Was This Girl." There was this girl drinking her hand. Shoot me let's get into trouble, friend. You know, that was the number one for him maybe a year ago, year and a half ago. What I like about that is that it sounds like a different recording. Some artists will go, hey, we're putting out the acoustic version. And all they did was take the audio of the studio version mm-hmm. and peel everything else back. There's really nothing different except you're hearing less of the mix. I like when they do an acoustic version. They actually re-record it acoustically. Yeah. That sounds like a re-recording. I like that. Uh, Willie Nelson has a new song called I'm the Only Hill My Mama Ever Raised. And I said, precious Lauren Jenkins has a new song called Ain't That Hard. So you ain't as special as you think you are. It ain't that hard to break a heart. Let me give you a couple more here before we uh, jump into the rest of this. Nikita Carmen. It's a good song called Came Close. Adam Hambrick has uh, Between Me and the End of the World. Feels like the sky might fall this time And all the bad news hits too close to home And the darkness is drowning light and I know Just who I got fighting on my side Facing all the fire the devil can't hurt It's a hell of a thing 
right, one more. I'm going to do Weezer Hero. They are delaying their new album, but they shared this song. And no clips, but a couple things here. Pedals for Armor from Haley Williams from Paramore. Mm-hmm. It's her debut solo album. And then Haley Steinfeld put out Half Written Story, her second EP. That's five songs. So there's a bunch of music for you right there. Right there, right there. Um, and Eric Pasley, who we're going to talk to in the next episode a little bit, he has a new song out that's really good. Do you have that up, Mike? Yep. This is, uh, and it's Sarah Buxton's in this song too, I believe. She is. All right, hit that clip. That is a heartbeat higher from Eric Pasley. All right. There's your new music. Give it a run. A, a pretty good music week. Pretty good. Yeah, some weeks, I'm just like, eh. I mean, a lot, I'm just not moved. Maybe it's just the, the where we are in the world right now. There's not a lot catching me right now. I do like the Derek Pasley song a lot and that Nikita Carmen song a lot too. I did see where, in breaking music news, not that we're breaking anything because it's a podcast and who knows when you'll hear this. Smash Mouth's Steve Harwell slapped with a restraining order from ex-fiance. Ooh. Yeah. I'm not even clicking the link, but uh, there you go. All right, let's get going here. Hello? On right now is Dan Rogers. His title is the executive producer of Nashville's Grand Ole Opry. What does that title mean? Because I know you, Dan. I, I guess I never know to call you the executive producer. What does that mean? Um, basically, I would say I'm responsible for everything at the end of the day that happens um, on stage of the world-famous Grand Ole Opry, you know who you see and hear on the show every night that the big red curtain goes up on um, making sure it's the um, best possible show it can be and, and something that is not listed on my job description but that I wake up thinking about every day is how I help um, propel the 95-year-old Opry to its 100th birthday such that it's in hopefully better shape than it's ever been for our centennial. Oh, wow, that is coming up. Wow. Okay, so here's the three things I want to talk about. One, how someone gets to be in the Opry. Two, I want to talk about how the Opry's pivoted a bit with the pandemic. And then three, what's happening right now. So just kind of laying out the, the chapter guide there. So we'll start with first. I think you probably get asked this the most, but how in the world does someone become a member of the Grand Ole Opry at this point? So um, you're right. It's the most asked question, um, I think, of anyone who works at the Opry, and I have a great vantage point of my new office at the Opry. When I keep my office door open, which I try to do, I hear on a typical day when there's no pandemic, um, tour after tour come through, and people from around the world, from Australia to Japan to my hometown of Xenia, Illinois, all ask uh, the same question you did, so you're not alone. And basically, for the Opry's entire existence, um, Opry membership has always been determined by the management of the Opry. So it's a pretty select group of people who are always watching the relationships various artists have with the Opry. And that can be, you know, with the Opry itself, with the fans who come to the Opry, and with the their fellow artists there. So there's no magic formula and there's no, 
you know, really right or wrong answer, which is one reason you can spend, um, if you want, Bobby, your entire weekend um, looking at blogs with people arguing about who <laughs> should and shouldn't be Grand Ole Opry members. Well, that means that you're relevant, though. Like, I like when people have uh, differing opinions on things that I do, and I read a lot of that, too, about um, what the Grand Ole Opry does. And, uh, for example, and I've talked to her about this a lot, too, so I'm, I'm not speaking out of place here. But like when Kelsey was put in, Kelsey Ballerini, you know, there was a, a contingent of folks who thought, wow, she's too young. You know, is she even country? I'm on the opposite side of that where I feel like she's right in the vein that, that keeps the Opry cool. A- absolutely. A small town writer from Knoxville that makes it in country music shouldn't be penalized. And so, but I think the fact that there is such talk about it means that it's thriving a bit. I wonder, do you guys feel the same way when you see something controversial written about it? You absolutely want um, fans to be passionate about the Grand Ole Opry. I mean, God forbid we do something and there is no there is no reaction. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just I'd say about Kelsey and really all Opry members that Opry membership. Um, if you look at our entire roster, it looks a lot like what we want any Opry show to be, which is to showcase the past, present, and future of country music. So, you know, your Opry membership isn't going to be just about people who have had 50 years of, uh, or a 50-year career and all those hits under their belt. It's also going to be about, you know, a young upstart that the Opry feels like is going to be committed to the Opry and is going to be popular um, amongst its fans for years for years to come. And that's, again, that's what makes it fun and what makes um, those blogs, if you ever take a chance to take a moment to read it, it's, it's what makes them interesting. You know, I will say, like, for every Kelsey, then there was a, a Gene Watson who um, we inducted in February that I was so excited about because the man had, has had... Um, you know, just this incredible traditional country voice for years. And it just felt to me like he had come and he had um, paid his dues at the Opry and it just somehow been overlooked for a while. And it just felt really right to me for him to, at this point in his career, get to say he was a Grand Ole Opry member. And of course, to the point of you can't always win, then um, the naysayers of the world had rather than celebrating said what took so long yeah that's a whole other time. you can't wait listen i've learned too dan you can't win for everybody else you can only win for what you care about so exactly uh, and wh- at the end of the day gene watson um sitting down in texas um wherever he is whatever chair he's sitting in he knows he's a grand Ole opera member and that makes my day every dang time i think about it have you ever sat in a room where and, and no names are needed, obviously. Have you ever sat in a room and you're talking about someone who could possibly be a member and you get and they're so close, but you're just like one vote away and they didn't make it? You know, it's never there there's not a there's not a vote. It's um it's just a matter of a conversation about is this right for this do and you know what? I should back up and say it's not about it being right. It's because no one really knows because there's not that magic formula. But does it feel right for the Opry and for this artist at this given point? 
you know. Yeah. So how often do you guys go and meet about, okay, who's, who are we feeling? Who's, who's the criteria? How often do you guys have those conversations? Um, it's, not a, it's not a set schedule. It's just you're kind of always, you know, it's kind of like, I guess if you're on a, if you're the manager of the Yankees, you're, it's just always in the back of your mind, back of your mind a bit, you know? It's like you're doing your job week to week, but just like fans out there who are interested in it, I think if you're really doing your job as one of the folks who are looking for the long-term success of the Opry, it's something you're you're always thinking about. You know, even when, um, I mean, I'll say, even when someone can, comes out and just kills it in a debut, you know, sometimes in the back of your mind when you're driving home, you think, you know, what does the future hold for that artist? And... Um, can we engage with them so much that, you know, Opry membership becomes something they really, to which they really aspire. You know, back in 1998, you went to the Opry as an intern, kind of worked your way all the way up to the, you know, King Dingling that you are now, which is pretty cool to see that, you know, you've been there the, the whole time. My question would be, since you've been there the whole time, you obviously love the Grand Ole Opry. Just for a bit, just once, have you ever wanted to walk out and do a little performance? <laughs> um, I should not admit this to you because it is your forte, but somewhere along the line, some point, I'm going to um, work up five minutes of um, comedy, and um, somebody is not going to make it to the stage, and I'm going to go out and really bomb, <laughs> and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> well, listen, because I really for that story to really succeed, I have to bomb, and I'm fairly sure I will. Well, you know, we can help you with all those parts. What you do, you schedule me. I get sick right at the last minute on purpose. <laughs> We've been working on your material together. You walk out and you don't nail it. It's perfect. We're ready for it. Uh, I love it. We'll we'll schedule lunch when we can when we can all gather again. We'll schedule lunch. That's funny. I will tell you there was a time probably three years ago now that um, our radio radio announcer went MIA before we came back from intermission. And seriously, there were maybe ten seconds left, and our stage manager came and said, "We cannot find him anywhere. You've got to do this." And so I was ready to put on my best announcement voice. I was <laughs> headed to the podium to say, welcome back to the da-da-da-da-da. And then I thought, holy crap, what do they even say? And at that moment, the announcer came running around the corner. And my dreams of being an Opry announcer for 10 seconds were dashed. If you want real controversy, uh, invite yourself to be a member. You go out, do five minutes bomb, <laughs> and then have Vince come on and be like, well, we're ready to have you as a member. <laughs> um, I'll tell you when Hot Country Nights, which I have wanted them to play the Opry since I even heard the first rumblings about Hot Country Nights. You know, I'm like, man, we've got to get them out there just because it'll be so much fun. From the moment those guys walked in the um, building, um, Dirks' character, Douglas, was certain that every time I approached them, I was going to invite them to become opera members. It was yeah. great. When we were shooting the TV show, and he was in character, obviously, Dirks was going, all these cameras are here. I guess it's uh, ready for our big invitation, huh? And I'm like, no, it's, it's a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do want to pivot over now and talk about what's happened with you guys, what's happened with you know, you know, most, if not all, of America right now. 
is that you had to make some tough decisions and pivot. And yeah, the Grand Ole Opry is still going, but it's happening right now with nobody in the audience. Like, kind of walk me through what those meetings are like and how that decision was made. Well, um, I'll begin that by saying a genuine thank you to you. You are one of the few folks who um, we actually see every Saturday night, and you're out in about, what, Section 7 or so, um, throwing it to the um, crowd and keeping everybody around the world entertained um, when we're going to commercial breaks and, and such. So thank you, um, genuinely, thank you for your commitment to the Opry. I will tell you, um, there was never, and this isn't fake modesty, there was never a moment where we thought, oh, should should we skip a show this week? Should there not be a show this week in the middle of um, this pandemic? Because I told, I'll tell you, the Opry's live audience shows were canceled on a Friday. Um, so we, you know, there, we had people in town who were expecting to see, I think it was 3,800 or so tickets sold for that night where we had to cancel that show. So it was the next night that we went on with our first Saturday night broadcast without an audience and it was by the following saturday that we were on circle television um and on the live stream around the world with you hosting with of course marty stewart um ben skill and brad paisley separated by the social distance we needed um, on stage and we've continued every week since you know some weeks have been easier than others in terms of finding the right mix of artists to be to be out on that stage with Circle Network. That's a that's a big deal for the Opry and the Opry brand. And you know, it was a long time ago that we first met about the network before the the show. It is what it was, and then is what it is now. But you know, to me, I'm such a an advocate and fan of the Grand Ole Opry that even before there was the show, you know, we sat in a sat in a room, and I said I'd like to be involved, and you guys said I'd like you to be involved, and you know, that's. Kind of how the first steps to Opry happened, which is the show that we're we're kind of doing now. We're I guess we're doing it like a a, ver, a version of it with no crowd. But um, talk about the Circle Network and how you know how long ago that happened and you know where it is now. Sure, um, you know it's, it's something that has been discussed um, really for years, basically my entire tenure at the Opry, but you know, it's, you know, as well as anyone, it's not um, an easy task at all to create a um, television network, but we've managed to um, do it. And I think of the Circle Network as, you know, the, it's not just the home of the Opry, but I really think of it as the Opry's network, just because so much of what you would see on Circle really fits um, for a fan of the Opry. If you like what the Opry stands for, you're going to like um, all of that programming. And I'll say, you know, this. Um, in terms of looking for a silver lining, I think that the um, one of the silver linings here is that we've, we were able to have um, the Circle Network launch on January 1st of this year and who knew how important it would be to delivering people across the country their daily or their weekly dose of Grand Ole Opry. You know, when we were talking in January, I'm sure our goals were to 
know, have a, a wide array of programming and keep people interested um, in the country lifestyle programming all week, but we never dreamt that we would be among the few people standing on a stage anywhere in America um, performing live music for uh, hungry audiences week after week. And, you know, we'd be able to deliver everything from great bluegrass, like you saw Ricky Skaggs doing about a month ago now, to Luke Combs playing something he had just written um, six feet apart about the pandemic, to Ashley McBride, who had obviously a completely different plan for launching her album. Um, And, you know, she couldn't do any of those pieces she had planned and instead was standing on that Opry stage the day after her album was released playing just a great music from the project. I think I get a lot of people asking me the most, you know, how do they find Circle Network? And, you know, because of uh, with Corona hitting, I think it's delayed the launch of the digital part of the network because there's some great content. Craig Morgan's show is so good. You got the, the show about... Uh, artists' wives, obviously Opry, which is the show at the Grand Ole Opry. There's just a, a lot of fantastic content. Um, and uh, again, a silver lining is the, the Grand Ole Opry is now also being shown on tons of affiliates, like not Circle Network, but they're taking that show and they're putting it on, you know, uh, their ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, whatever the affiliate is all over the country. But do you know as of right now when they're thinking of launching the network so people can watch it on their phones or Apple TVs yet? Um, we, that's moved around because of the pandemic as well. Yeah. So for the near future, um, I would always suggest folks just to go to the website, um, determine how you can get circle in your area. And then of course, always, um, for the near future, we'll also be, um, sharing that broadcast, uh, via live stream as well. So even if you can't yet find circle in your um, area, you can find its programming via the Opry and that live stream every Saturday night. And of course, as we move through um, and continue um, forging our path forward, there'll be a lot of other great new programming and you will want to make sure that you can find um, Circle on your device, on your computer, on your smart TV, etc. I got about three minutes. I'm going to ask you some pretty quick questions here, Dan. Um, Okay. All right. Who was cool to you back in 98, 99, 2000 at the Grand Ole Opry when you were like an intern, you were, you were young, that went on, that, that was a massive star? Like you're an intern, but who was so nice to you back then? Um, I will always be amazed back when um, he had his debut hit, um, how Brad Paisley seemed to remember everybody's name from one Opry visit to the next. Good answer. I like that. I like that. Okay. How about this? In just a few words, what makes a good Opry member? A great Opry member is someone who um, is a great family member. You know, it's like the person at the... People always think of the Opry as a family, and I really do believe that's a great analogy. It's the person at the family reunion that you know is going to be there that you can count on in good times and in bad and um, is the person who loves to interact with like the people his, his or her own age but also goes and plays with the kids 
and uh, talks to the older people, you know, the, the kind of the person that's the hub. But, of course, any family, it takes all kinds of kinds. You know, we need our bluegrass pickers. We need uh, the folks who have, are number one on the charts, like um, Blake Shelton is this week when he's playing the Opry. And we need, you know, the singer-songwriters. It's like an Opry show is at its best when it showcases all the great stuff um, that make up an Opry performance. All right. Do you ever see or hear anything weird when you're there late at night, like the ghost of an old country star there? Um, You know, I'll tell you, my office used to be in a home that was um, where Roy Acuff had lived. And one night, I was there really late at night. This is going to be a letdown. I'll just let you know. <laughs> I was there late at night, and I had was working on an obituary for an opera member who had passed away that day. And it was probably like 12.30 a.m., 1 a.m., and I had finished that. And I would actually read a file about Roy Acuff kind of for inspiration on what to write. And I was walking through Roy's old home with all the lights off, and I thought come on, like, if there's ever a moment, this is this is my moment, haunt me, come on, nothing, nothing. Oh, you're right, we were disappointed. I was ready for the big, <laughs> the big ghost reveal. Well, listen, I appreciate the time. Um, obviously, it's, you know, a great pleasure to, to, to work with you professionally and, and to, you know, also uh, know you on, on a personal level, too. So thank you. I know you get a million interview requests a day, and I appreciate you, you spreading some of that knowledge and, and forward look with us here. Thank you, Dan. I thank everybody for tuning into Circle, for tuning into the Opry. Thanks for what you do, and I look forward to working on my failed comedy <laughs> with you All right, Dan, see you later. See you. Bye-bye. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah, that's what the whole store basically is: fresh leather, yep. friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. 
Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Stu's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer, and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. Hey, Mark Chestnut. Hey. What's up? How you been? Hey, brother. You good? Oh, I've been, I've been doing pretty good, you know, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what everybody has to say now. Like, you know, I'm doing good, but the world's not doing its best, so we got to put that in perspective, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, real, it's really weird because this is usually, you know, we're usually getting real busy right now. Yeah, I, and, uh, I was reading the thing about that when you touring. It said you worked 12, 12 months a year for almost thirty years and never took any time off. So this has been a an oddly nice break for you. Well, yeah, you know, I've enjoyed being home, and the most of all, the best thing about it is I I haven't had to travel <laughs> after after all those years on the road. You know, it's I'm I'm going on thirty years now, and um. It it'll be it'll be thirty years coming up in June, I think. Or, or but um, anyway, I might be wrong about that. But uh, no, I haven't taken much time to speak of off in all that time, and I've traveled every week. And I live in Beaumont, Texas, and you know my my band and my bus and everything is all up in Nashville. So every week I'm having to drive. You know, I drive an hour and a half or more depending on the traffic and, and jump on a plane and, and fly to Nashville and hop on my bus. Sometimes I'm lucky if uh, we plan here in Texas somewhere that the bus comes to my house and picks me up and brings me home. Wow, you have to fly to Nashville basically every weekend that you're touring? Oh yeah, yeah, just about. Just about. It, it's, uh, that's what I'm tired of because it's about like I said, an hour and a half depending on traffic and, and uh and then you got to mess with the airports and all that stuff. I've done that for so long. Um, this kind of nice break to to not have to go anywhere. But I, I'll tell you what, I sure miss I miss being on stage. I miss my band. I miss my I miss my my crowd, my audience. Most of all. Well, I was listening to your new song. I found another you, and she hates me too. And I tell you. I listened to it and I said, I got to get Chestnut on the show and I got to get Chestnut on the countdown. And so tell me about this song and, and, and why you picked it. <laughs> yeah, there's a cool little story about this. It, uh, I was working on a, on a album project a, a few years ago and um, we, um, we cut two tracks and we, we, we laid down two songs. I did all the vocals on them. Since I don't get to Nashville very often, I was I was right in the middle of summer touring, so we laid the basic tracks, and then um, I'll, I'll, after that, right after that, the next day, I did all the vocals, 
And um, so we had all that in the can. And we've been needing to put something new out here. I hadn't had nothing new since uh, Tradition Lives album came out, you know. And so I uh, said, so let's, let's put it out on our own on our own little label or whatever. I don't even know if you call them labels anymore. But uh, So uh, we finished it up. They mixed it, mastered it. And um, I always thought it was such a great song. I hate that. I was, I was hating that it was just sitting there. I wanted to put it on Tradition Lives. But um, for some reason, it didn't happen. But uh, the two songs I recorded are really cool. They're, they're up tempo, and um, you know, kind of, kind of funny, and they're country. You know, if that's what I like about it. And I'm, I'm so glad people are finally going to get to hear all this stuff. Yeah, me too. I was looking at some stuff. This is uh, by the numbers. I'm going to read you some of these numbers. You have 14 number ones, 23 top 10 singles, over 12 million albums sold. You were one of the most played country artists of the 90s. What song do you think defined, not uh, not your song, because I would go with Bubba, but I would say what song for you defined the 90s outside of your music? Outside of my music? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I, I would have to, that has to be Garth Brooks. Um, it, you know, everything he did in the 90s. <laughs> was an inspiration to everybody else and uh you know i think my favorite is um the thunder rolls i don't know it's hard it's hard to it's hard to say the thunder rolls or or um or if tomorrow never comes no oh, that's my favorite one just, if tomorrow never comes so yeah and I, I was lucky i had the opportunity in the early 90s when I was just starting out and he was just catching fire and um I was uh I got to tour with him quite a bit and uh, that's when he was playing you know smaller venues and uh so we got to hang out quite a bit and he's a great guy do you remember a specific moment when you realized that you were famous where you're like whoa life has just changed I was famous. Yeah, <laughs> I it got kind of crazy there at the very beginning. I, I didn't think it would happen that fast because, but uh, you know, you, you you read all these stories and hear all these stories about how people take so long to catch on. I got lucky, man. I tell you, I was very very lucky. I was blessed. What I, what I was because I had that the, the song "Too Cold at Home" just took off. I didn't even have to do a radio tour. I just they released it and radio jumped all over it. Next thing I know, I'm out on the road almost two hundred days a year. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy, man. I was I was it scared me, really, overwhelmed me. I, I was always playing in the in the honky tonks around here in Beaumont and I always had a, I always packed them in. We always had a big crowd every night. But I was not prepared for for what was coming. I came with that song. You know, back in the day when you covered I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, did Aerosmith ever reach out to you after you covered it? Yeah, well, not really reach out to me, but uh, I was, uh, I had uh, all access passes for uh, Aerosmith. I'm a big Aerosmith fan. love them. But uh, I was, uh, I got uh, tickets, I mean, um, all access passes and all for 
for the, their show there in Nashville. I guess it was, I can't remember what year it was, but I was, um, I was backstage. They let us come back there and, and, uh, they were real nice to us and said, Hey, not, not the band, but I mean, the, the, the managers and stuff. And they said, uh, well, y'all can park back at parking for us. And, uh, uh, a friend and I went. And so we, we went in there and he said, the guys are doing me doing interviews and all right now. He said, uh, y'all come in here and catering, get you something to eat. And we walked backstage there to the catering and, and sit down and, and, uh, of course, I go looking for beer. Of course, you can't drink backstage because <laughs> signs there were absolutely no alcohol backstage. <laughs> and so uh, we were just sitting there talking, and all of a sudden I hear this, I hear this uh, loud voice, and I know exactly who it is, singing, I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> just at the top of his lungs. And I turn around, and... Um, it's Steven Tyler walking towards me and he's, he's, um, he's got his arms spread out like, you know, for a hug. And he comes, he comes up to me. I got my hand stuck out to, to, um, shake his hand and he, and he just bear hugs me <laughs> and he's singing at the top of his lungs, right in my ear. <laughs> Can you imagine that? And so we, we stood there and talked and, um, for about 30 minutes. Wow. And and I don't remember a, a thing he said or I said. <laughs> it's a big blur to me. All I remember he was saying, he said, uh, he said something about, uh, what are they going to do with us old guys? He said, man, I'm, I'm doing better now. You know, he just had throat surgery. He said, I got a new girlfriend. You know, he was just talking, 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 talking. I probably didn't say two or three words. <laughs> Uh, it, it, that was so cool for him to to do that, and that was the very first time I met him. And he acted like we were old friends. He was That's talking cool. to me about stuff like we've been knowing each other for a long time. I got a couple more things to talk to you about. I want to mention this first: the new EP, six songs, will be out in August, but you may get it out in July. Is that true? I don't know. The last I heard, it was set for August, but. Um, it may be, if we can get it, I've got one more thing I want to do for this album. One more special thing that I want to do. I don't know if I'll have time to get it done, but uh, I'd like to get it out as soon as possible. Your son Casey is getting out of the Marines this month. Is that right? That's right. Is he going to move back to Beaumont? He's going to move back here, and um, he's going to. He's got a go to the police academy and then go to work for the uh, Beaumont Police Department. Man, tell him we said we so, appreciate him. Oh, I will. I will. It's, it's great. I'm so proud of you, man. It's uh, having a, a son that's a, in any branch of the military. It's, it's, a, it's a great feeling. Well, I'm going to ask you one final question. Does anyone just call you the nut or Mr. Nut? Do what now? <laughs> Does anyone ever call you just the nut or Mr. Nut? Oh, I don't believe anybody's ever called me Mr. Nut. I've been called <laughs> Nut. A lot of people call me Nut. Hey, hey Nut, what's going okay. on, Nut? Just Nut, but not Mr. Nut. Okay, okay, just asking. You never know what nicknames are going to happen there. 
Well, listen, Mark. I, good to talk to you. I, you know, I've always been a fan. We've we've been able to see each other a couple times in real life, and I I, I wanted to. To, to highlight this new song to my listeners on you know both my radio show and on the countdown show that runs all weekend all over the country so um, yeah I appreciate that and good luck and you know let me know whenever this record gets ready well you'll you'll know I guarantee it and I sure appreciate you playing it man it, it really means the world to me I'm so I'm so excited about it all right Mr. Nut all right see you soon This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.